0: Hello, good evening, and welcome to Questlore, a family Lorcana podcast. I'm Matt, this is Malcolm, Hi, Emmett, Hi, and the lovely Jennifer, Hello, and we are the Gorslein family. Our goal here is to every week talk to you about Lorcana. as a family. See, the four of us love playing games together. And when L'Orcana came out, we saw that as an opportunity to really dive into one game that we could play with each other and with other people.
1: Because in addition to loving games, we also love Disney.
0: Absolutely. So we are a Disney family to the core. Uh, When this was announced uh, well over a year ago, the the L'Orcana trading card game, uh, our first thought when looking at it was, oh no, there goes our money. (laughs) Uh, Kids, when you first saw it, were you excited about it?
2: Yes, very excited.
0: Because what other card game do you guys like a lot?
2: Pokemon. Yeah.
0: They love opening packs. They love looking at those little pocket monsters. Um, But we love Disney Boy more than Pokemon. So the thought of getting to open packs with Disney characters in them uh, was really, really exciting. Now, uh, with Pokemon, normally they open packs. Those cards then go into some kind of black hole. And I never see them again. Do you guys know where the black hole is? Uh, it's downstairs
2: somewhere. Yeah, it's downstairs somewhere. Like in the it's in a car way. against humanity, I
0: think. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Great. Fantastic. Glad to see that that is being well protected. Um, when we ended up getting some cards during the first chapter release back in August, um, I sat down with Jen and we were like, you know, I'd kind of like to actually play this game. Uh, you see, nearly 20 or some years ago, um, I actually played Magic the Gathering.
1: More like 30-some years ago. Shh.
0: <laughs> um I got to play Magic the Gathering, like, when it first came out. So, um, when I watched the videos for how to play Lorcana, I was like, hey, I know this, uh, because for those that don't know, at least from the original rules, I have no idea what they've added since. Um, Thorkada is really close to Magic the Gathering. And so I'm like, hey, I kinda want to play this. If you guys just want to open up packs, um, or if you guys just want to look at the pretty, pretty artwork, that's fine. But I'm kind of into this. I'd like to actually give this a go. What do you think? Jen was immediately on board. She's like, yeah, let's play, right?
1: Yeah, especially because like, we really love board games and card games. Um, you know, we have many, many different card games and board games in the house already. I've never played Magic. I've only dabbled a little bit in Pokemon cards. So I thought, yeah, this could be cool. It could be fun. Our kids love playing board games and card games, too. They're really good at it. So, yes, I was definitely on board. And then we tried to bring these two in as well.
0: And they were all for it, too. Um, we opened up the, the, the starter decks. We opened up our packs. We looked at things like, huh, okay. Uh, and then we immediately played a game with all four of us together. How do you guys think that
2: disaster. Disastrous. <laughs> Disastrous. Like we didn't even use the dice when that came out. Like, we we had to use the little mattress with the little silver thing. And
1: well, not only that, but like we I don't even think we made it through like four full turns and somebody won and like we didn't really know about battling and you know, it, it just it felt like it just didn't have that spark for us.
0: Yeah. So we were I was kinda like, oh, well I mean, we were following us really quick. Um but uh the the weekend it came out, our, our local game store that, that we go and play at, it's called the Eight Side, um they had a a quick hey, come play Lorcana. And uh I uh somehow found the courage to actually go and play against other people Looking back, this was the first time I played one on one versus someone because mm-hmm. I just went to a store and just played with someone like not against each other. I just went to a store and played against complete strangers. Um, my first game, uh the guy was playing against was playing against a fully like constructed uh deck, had holographic foils of every single one of his cards, uh knew completely what he was doing, and wiped the floor with me. <laughs> Uh, it just went so fast. He was singing songs. He was readying people, firing cannons. It was, a, it was an amber steel deck, I had no idea what was going on. He was doing super fancy stuff with singing and all that. I was like, okay, so I lost. I'm not sure I can do this. Um, however, then I kept playing, and I won the, against the next two people I played against. Um, and then the next weekend, I brought you guys along. I constructed decks, and uh, we've been playing... Every time we are free
1: on Sunday, right? Yeah, pretty much every single weekend. Anytime we can, we are playing, and, you know, we're all doing pretty good. In fact, there are some weeks where Emmett wins the most games out of any of us. Yeah. Sometimes comes up there. Sometimes me. It, it's usually him. Usually Matt's the one who is one of the ones towards the top. Yeah. Um, but we all are pretty successful. Um. But it's not even all about that. It's, we have a ton of fun. It's just fun to play the game. So if this is something that maybe you bought a starter deck, you bought some cards but haven't really gotten into it, um, I would really encourage you to try. And if you have kids, especially kids that love Disney, um, this is not too hard for them to pick up. They definitely can do it. Um, it is easier to kind of learn on a one-on-one scenario before Doing multiplayer, so I would definitely recommend that. But it's it's so fun. Even when you lose, it's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so we've been playing since it came out. Since the first chapter, we were able to get cards during the first chapter somehow. Um, then we also got uh, through the rise of the bloodborne release and got cards there. And now we're getting excited about into the Inclands. Um But before we talk too much about it. Um, Why don't we talk about the the decks that we're currently playing and how we do them. So, Emmett, why don't you start?
2: Um, hi. So, you know, my name is Emmett. Um, I play this Ruby and Emerald Evasive deck. And if you don't know what evasive means, it means that only characters with evasive can attack them. So, like, once you get up to three, ink, like... If your opponent doesn't have any evasive characters in their deck, you're basically, like, 100% going to win. <laughs> because, like, there's this, because there's a card named Ray in my deck, and, um, he quests for three, and he has evasive, so he's, like, one of the powerful cards in my deck. Yeah, cool.
0: and,
2: and Genie, which, um, gets rid of one of the characters,
0: yeah, it's 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 a hard deck to play against. I've uh, played against him and it's mm-hmm. hard to beat him with it. Malcolm, what are you playing?
2: I play an Amethyst Topaz deck. Amber. Amber. Amber Topaz deck. No. Amber. Amethyst, Amber. Amber and Amethyst deck. <laughs> and it is the Rust deck, as you know. So I play Lero on first turn, Pinocchio second turn, Merlin third turn, fourth turn, goat and that basically gives me the win. So I Especially to if he gets an Arthur in
1: there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, Arthur card quit, is a quit. menace. Quick, quick, quick. Jennifer? Um, so, I currently play what's known as a steel song deck. It's an amber steel, um, mostly relying on singing princesses and princes. Um, mostly princesses. Um, I kind of took all the... Princes and guys out of my deck because I like the Ariel and the, um, Cinderella. Um, and you know, my, you know, I, I love playing my Ariel, getting a, a song out of my, uh, you know, trying to get a free song, um, as an extra card out of my deck. And, um, the fact that she can sing for five when you only have to play her for three, if I can bring one or two of her out pretty early, um, and I can sing some, you know, powerful songs to get rid of the other player's decks and, you know, or hands. then that's awesome. Um, and then my favorite thing I like to do with my deck, too, is I have a lot of shift cards. So I can shift a big Cinderella onto a little Cinderella. My favorite one is the steel Cinderella that has singing sword. So if Ariel sings a song, then she can take out somebody that is still wet, uh, which is the only way I can beat his deck.
0: <laughs> and uh yeah it's 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 really fun to play uh, when you get to sing the songs. I'm playing the Ruby amethyst bounce control deck. Um, I love using the Merlins and the mims to bounce each other back and forth uh, until you get up to that magic number seven where you play be prepared and wipe out everyone's cards and then just start playing your tremaines and your maleficence and controlling the board uh, until you eventually. Make them submit to a win, um, so it's all four of us playing all very different decks. But it's probably the the hard thing when you want to play as a family and you uh, want to play this game is you have to kind of you can't all play the same thing. And you all have to play a little bit something different because uh, while. We can definitely find the cards, right? I'm not going to be able to afford uh, 12 <laughs> copies of the Maleficent Dragons or 16 copies of, uh, of, of Rapunzel, um, or, those cards that go for 40 bucks or so. Uh-huh.
2: Or 12 cards of, laser. of Rays.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. yep. So it, it's a matter of trying to balance out what we can get with what our strengths are too. And that's um, something we'll eventually talk about is building decks and building decks with your kids and building decks with them in mind, right? Um, you don't wanna make them have to play like the super complicated decks. You wanna make them have something that's easy and something that they can actually stand a chance with. Uh, the place where we play, um, there is a, a a good mix of the more competitor, competitive type players and the more casual type players. So. You have the more casual type players. It's it's sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. But when you play those competitive players, they're going to be playing those really hard decks. Um, And you want to make sure that we can give everyone a a chance of at least battling against them. Um, So now uh, we want to move on to some more common news, things that have been happening this week. Um, What I like to call the Wheat in Ink. Um, So, news about Lorcana. We're going to go over. Um, some of the stuff that was just announced, I think just today, actually. So,
2: um, <laughs> um,
0: some of this stuff isn't isn't wasn't just announced today, but uh, obviously the big news that still everyone's talking about that we're still getting drips of information about is Into the Inklans, the third expansion for Lorcana coming out at the end of February. Uh, really exciting about this, adding a whole new dynamic to it in locations. Um so it'll be really fun uh, to add something new to it. Maybe change up the entire game. Looking forward to it. So these are what your booster packs are going to look like. Um, you'll have uh, a mini that looks like she's spelunking into a cave, a, a mystical-looking Jafar with a lamp, and of course, Pirate Piglet. He's so so cute. cute. What do you guys think of these packs? Pirate Piglet! Piglet. So mini is seems cool.
2: Minnie Jafar seem- also looks pretty cool and might like, not involve that Piglet. The <laughs> Piglet is pretty
0: adorable. So which one are you guys reaching for first?
2: Piglet. Piglet! piglet okay.
0: <laughs> I will open up all the other two.
2: Oh, yeah. No, you will
0: not. In addition, we've got <laughs> Scrooge! Yes, Scrooge. Um, two new starter decks. Um, one is featuring Amber and Emerald, a duo that isn't normally played too often together right now. Uh, featuring Pongo and his pups and Peter Pan uh, as two of the cards in there. Um, we're going to be talking about that Peter Pan card a little bit later during this episode. Um, and then the other starter deck features Ruby and Sapphire. That is a deck that is that did have some popularity kind of at the beginning of Rise of the Floodborn. the Popsicle deck, where you would throw down a Popsicle and then have Hiram recycle that Popsicle so that you would then draw a couple of cards. So... Uh, Blue and Ruby, known as a, a, a good draw engine. Um, we'll be talking about the Moana car a little bit later today. She and Peter Pan both have to deal with locations, and that is our special topic for the week is going to be locations. So uh, we'll see what cars they have in there and what kind of techniques they're trying to teach everybody with that. Uh, just a quick look at the trove. It's got Jafar, Piglet, and a jungle yes. stitch on the front. Always a hard item to get, but we'll manage to find one, I'm sure. (laughs) Gift set featuring Jungle Stitch and a Tinkerbell dressed up in the same manner as Peter Pan. Uh, However, she is a sapphire card, not a, uh, I believe, an uh, emerald card like uh, Peter Pan is. Uh, And Stitch is is an emerald card, looks like he's a five poster that will have a free attack and three willpower. I can't read those.
1: Yeah, it has
0: an evasive. It has an evasive, um, and it will have ward, I believe, all at a location. Ooh, nice. So, we'll be talking about some of these cards as we get into location cards. This was just released today, so uh, with every single chapter so far, and this is well, not chapters, but every single expansion. Um, so far, there has been a, a set of pins and a set of promos that have gone out with uh, those over to the local game stores. So this one is going to feature a steel and emerald pins. Um, the one that's out now for uh, Rise of the Floodborne is a amethyst and amber pin. The amber pin having Rapunzel on it, the amethyst pin having the Honey honeypoo wizard on it as well. Um, so these will be the pins that everybody will be competing for at League. Uh, we've got Sheriff of Nottingham on there, a new character that we haven't seen a card for. Yeah, we haven't actually seen this card yet. And then the the Stitch uh, card that was from the cover of the gift set. So uh, those will be what we'll be competing for. Then the Disney Lorcana logo pin um, that comes with all of them. Okay, this is our main topic for the week. So each week... We're going to be going over some kind of new concept uh, at least to all of these guys, and possibly to myself as well, related to trading card games. Um, since we've got Into the Inklands coming up soon, uh, I thought it would be best if we focus on locations, since that will be the main focus of uh Into the Inklands. We're going to get at least 18 cards featuring locations. It looks like there's going to be three different locations for each color. Um, From what we've seen so far, uh, based on the numbering and how they issue things out, we're going to need about three locations for every color. So that's going to be, and a lot of people are going to want to be trying these out, see if they work or see if they're they're kind of dead on arrival. So it's not super clear yet. Um, We're starting to get some of the picture on it, but uh, let's explain how locations are going to work. So uh, as you can see, uh, the location is sideways, right? That's how the art is presented on it. So when it's in play, it's always exerted. It enters play exerted. Um, it leaves play exerted. You Never unexert a location. It's always going to be in that sideways state. So um, on this one, the Forbidden Mountain, which is Leficent's Castle, it's going to cost you two ink to put it down. It's also, this location is inkable. Um, so in that manner, you treat it like any other card. If you want to turn it into ink, just turn it into ink. Uh, it's going to cost you two to play it. You're going to be able to play it. You put it down, exert it. Um, you don't have to worry about any ink drying with it, anything like that, because you aren't able to attack with it or quest with it. All right. It's going to have six willpower. You'll notice the six and the shield over on the right. Um, there is no attack value next to it, right? So locations won't do damage to characters, but characters can do damage to it. That last number over on the left, that's in a new symbol that we haven't seen before, is the cost of ink it takes to move a character to a location. Now, there are some locations that are going to require, that are going to give benefits to people when they get there. And there are some locations that, uh, when a person goes there, they're going to get benefits because it's written on their card. Um, Finally, the little lore symbol down at the bottom, that is the lore you're going to get during the set phase of lore comics. So, um, in the instructions, what it says for every time you are playing, and it's your turn, you're going to do a ready, set, draw. So readying is readying all your characters, unexerting them, and then set uh, is the first time that that's come into play. Setting means if you get you gain any passive lore, you get that lore. So at the beginning of your turn, Your this location is on the board, you're getting one lore. Okay? So if you have a bunch of these out, you're going to get two, three lore just for them sitting there. Um, And then you draw your card and begin your turn. So you can move characters here. You can have any number of characters at a location. There's no limit. You just have to pay the ink to get them there or play some other card to move them there. Um, When your character is at a location, they can still be attacked unless the location is giving them some kind of special ability that won't let them be attacked. And the location can always be attacked as well. Uh, When the location is destroyed, the characters there just fall off the location and they're still in play. Nothing bad happens to them. They don't get banished themselves. Everything's fine with them. Uh, You just keep playing and the the location is gone. Um, Locations do tend to have a high willpower value, so this has a 6. So if you're thinking about, well, what could destroy a location with just one shot? what we typically look at is the Maui line, right? Maui comes in, costs five ink. he can do six damage. So this location survives until turn five when Maui comes out and Maui just destroys it. He doesn't take any damage himself. He just gets rid of the location. Um, That's kind of the bar you're looking at when you're looking at locations because Maui is a very, very popular card and does a lot of damage and will be taking out locations like a machine. That's essentially how locations work. Any questions or thoughts on them right now?
1: So I guess my only question is, like, what would be, like, for a card like this, I feel like what would be the purpose, like, of using an ink to move a card there? Um, like, I like I get it for some of the other locations where they give the card some kind of advantage, but I feel like, like, this location seems like like why wasting putting a card there unless it's going to be like protected by being there? Like that's my big question.
0: And that's a good question. Um, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of purpose to moving a card here right now. There are some cards that get advantage advantages when they are at a location.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll go through those. All the cards we're going to go through today are either locations or cards that get an advantage by being at a location mm-hmm. or cards that interact with locations. So we're going, to go with, we're going to go through every card that's been announced that has something to do with a location in set three during this. Now, a really important thing to note is the way your cards have all been worded so far for both uh, mostly ruby and steel, right? They all say deal damage to a character, banish all characters. Mm-hmm. Locations are not characters. So okay. if you've got three locations out and say two characters out, Turn 7 comes around and someone's playing Ruby and they play Be Prepared. Your characters get wiped out, but not your locations. They still remain. So far we haven't seen any card that wipes out all locations yet. Some kind of Tamatoa type card that just Mm -hmm. kills everything. Or Um, Be Prepared. Yeah, or or, or Be Prepared that works on locations we haven't seen yet. There could be one coming. So far we haven't. (laughs) So. Uh, this is the first location. Boys, what do you think about locations?
2: Uh, they seem kind of cool. Like, but this one seems a little useless. I <laughs> mean, the, this one may seem like the best one to ink.
0: Sure, and it's inkable. Um, nice. It is a...
2: And it's a cheap one. It's only two.
0: Right, it's pretty cheap. So... Let's say, worst case scenario, and people use the Maui line, it's going to get destroyed by Maui on turn 5. I put this out on turn 2 if I'm on the play, so that means I'm going first. That means I get turns two, three, four, and 5. I get 4 ink for just this thing sitting here, unless the, unless the opponent wants to throw multiple enemies into it. And essentially, when they do that, though, they're not attacking my other characters that I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there isn't a lot of strong 2-drops yeah. in Amethyst. Uh, right now, in my deck, when I'm playing uh, a two, it's usually Cusco, um, um, or it's uh, a snake. And if I don't have a, a something to bounce back with the snake, I can't play the snake. So there's not a lot for me to play. Um, some people are playing the, the Peter Pan, the, I'm sorry, the Pinocchio puppet, the three lore puppet, um, but not everyone plays that one, and that's unequal. So. There is a possibility of a place for this where it just sits there and it gets you lower and lower and lower and lower and, and it's just it's like just slowly whittling away at your at the game. Mm-hmm. So there is possibilities here. Yeah. We'll see, we, again we don't know everything of surrounding locations yet. It's still kind of a mystery that everyone's trying to solve.
2: How about you, Malcolm? Do you have any thoughts? I mean, they seem good if used correctly. They don't seem like something I would want to use in my deck really. But like they
1: seem
2: good if you correctly. Well,
1: maybe you'll see, Maybe some of the other ones you would like. I mean, it is your
0: color. <laughs> so, well, let's, let's see what else. See what else we've got. So here's our next location. It's a steel location. It's Maui's place of exile, hidden island. It costs two, and it's inkable. It has a willpower of five, and it costs one to move characters there. While they're there, characters gain resist plus one damage dealt to them is reduced by one. So it gives everybody the resist characteristic while they're at this location. It does have a willpower of only five, which means, again, it does go down to Maui. That's the first thing that's going to get brought out on turn five to take care of it. <clears throat> but until it reaches that point, it's probably going to survive, unless there are other cards that will remove it. And we'll show some of those cards that are starting to come out for that as well.
1: And, and honestly, like because you're not getting lore from this, um I'm not seeing a ton of people focusing on getting this one out before that. Like, like unlike the last one where they might throw two or three cards into it um, on turn three or four just because they know that that war is going to build up. Um, where this one, it's not. But I could really see, you know, playing a steel uh, song deck. You know, I already have a few characters that have two resist. Putting them here, giving them that third resist could be super, super helpful um, in keeping those characters in my, um, you know, in my, in the in play in the field of play.
2: I have a question. Yes. Yeah. What does it mean by resist plus one? Oh. Great
1: question. So what resist means is that if you attack a card of mine that has resist, basically your attack gets subtracted by one. So if you had a card that was attacking my card and you had a plus three and I had a defense of three, I would not die. I would actually only take two damage instead of three damage and my card would still stay in the play field of play. So that's what Resist means. It means it subtracts one from the damage that it takes when you attack it. But that's only with challenges. Resist doesn't mean anything if you're doing an item or a song. Do you have any questions? Well, it's with
0: any damage that's being done to the character. Oh, so is it? Even damage, songs? Yeah, if you're doing it damage with the song, it's still... It still resists? Yep.
2: Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I thought, guess I was wrong there. Oh, I thought it was just meant if you this character couldn't quest, but it has to attack it every time. No, it that's it something happens. different. What's Reckless. That's
1: Reckless. That's reckless. Really oh. Because <coughs> Reckless can't quest for lore at all. It doesn't have any lore on the
2: yeah. card. And I also have another question about this card. Yeah? Why would Maui even attack this place? <laughs> <laughs>
1: in the Disney world, you're right. But you're that's, right. that's kind of what's fun about Lorcana though, is that there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't really actually happen in the Disney world universe that we know. But I love that they're playing with that universe and making things happen that we wouldn't expect.
2: Yeah. Like, one right. of my funny favorite things to do is, like, some of, like,
1: Cinderella singing, Friends on the other side. <laughs>
2: just or Ariel singing, Grab your swords. Oh, yeah. all right. There are a lot of times.
0: <laughs> alright, let's look at the next card, alright? Alright, so now we've got a character card that interacts with locations. So this is Moana, Born Leader, a 5 costable for Four, Willpower are Four it has a shit. It's a floodborn, so it shifts onto another Moana. I don't think we have any like really small Moanas at this point, so we're no. probably going to get a small Moana as part of the set. Mm-hmm. It has a special ability of Welcome to My Boat. Whenever this character quests while at a location, you ready all other characters there. They can't quest for the rest of this turn. You also get two lore when she quests. This is very similar to the other Moana, the, um, the Moana Amber. from Amber, mm-hmm. that she readies other princess characters when she quests. Instead, this one will ready the other characters at your location, so it's a way of protecting them if they're all at location. So if you have them there, it's a way for
1: that. And the nice thing about this is that um, when she readies other characters so you can quest with those characters, get the lore, and then she can ready them, and then you could still use those characters again to attack if you wanted to, or sing a song or something like that. You just can't quest.
0: Right. Kids, thoughts?
2: I mean, it seems like a good character if you have a lot of people at a location. Mm-hmm.
1: If you can get a lot of yeah. A lot of characters. Now, do you
2: play red right now, Ruby? No, but I might. I don't think so, though. But, like, if you have everyone and just, like, quest them all and then ready them all, mm-hmm. and then just, like, attack the whole board, yeah. that might be a really good idea. Mm-hmm. So, I do play red right now, uh-huh. and, um, like, um, if you, like, if you have a red and yellow deck, like, my dwarf deck that I have, mm-hmm. um, like, you could, like, put down two Moana's, shift her into one of them, then you can crush her. And then she can, and then and then she can ready her because she's a princess. So.
1: Oh, that's true. Yep. If you had the other Moana, that's true. Good, good call. And they could ready each other.
0: Sure. Yep.
1: Because she is a princess.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next part. Neverland. Neverland, first. another location. This is Neverland, the Mermaid Loom. It's cost. a one cost Ooh. inkable. Uh cost one location. Yep. Cost one ink to move there. Has a willpower of four, which means this would go down to Fox. The the Merlin the Madam min Fox from uh, Amethyst. Um but you do get one lore during the set phase. So this is as vanilla as you're going to get probably for a location. Um thoughts on it?
1: I love the idea that I could get this in on my first turn, um, because again, you're not going to see a card that can attack for four, probably within your first three turns.
0: Yeah, turn three is the earliest you're going to see one.
1: And so um, if you're playing first and you can get three lore from this card after playing it on your first turn, that's awesome, because there's no other card that you can do that with, because all other... One cost cards, um, you—they're wet on your first turn, so you can't get lore from them until turn two. So I personally love that. I think that that's awesome. Like getting this in an opening hand would be amazing. Like that, I would be looking for that.
2: Yeah, this seems like a pretty good card, but I only have two things. Mm -hmm. So uh, this does fit in with my dwarf Mm decker. But, like, like, um, Matthew said, uh, um. You mean dad? Like, dad said, <laughs> like how dad said, uh, like, um, it's, it's, um, only a boy. So that means, like, you could, like, get, like, I you don't know, like, <laughs> Like, somebody could have a glean and they could, like, push down, like, on turn one, like, the easter Lake card, Twin lido, and then the second turn, they play another easter Lake card, Twin lido, and then they
0: just attack you. Sure. Sure. It could go down pretty quickly. Um, But you might be able to peck away a little bit of lore, or later on in the game, you're able to throw these down, throw a couple of them down. There aren't going to be a ton of characters um, that they they can instantly usually challenge with that can attack for four, so it might be a good way to get uh, force them to make some actions they wouldn't act, mm-hmm. or attack these instead of attacking your characters, right? So that's that's always something to think about.
1: Yeah, especially because a lot of those big attackers also quest for a lot of lore, and they may not want to waste their turn to attack this, because then they waste that lore.
0: Sure. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, we've got almost the exact same card in Bill Manor. It's an Emerald card. Uh, Cruella's Estate. Cost one, it's inkable. One ink to move characters there. Willpower four. You get one lore. at the same thing. Same card, but over in Emerald. Um, so not a lot to talk about here. This one, however, it's a rare card. Uh, another Emerald card, it costs four, and is inkable. Fang, River City costs two ink to move a character there. has a willpower of six. Special ability is surrounded by water. Characters gain ward and evasive while here. You can't choose them except a challenge. Only characters with evasive can challenge them, and you get two lore. Um, problem with this card, obviously... You don't get it out till turn four. If you're playing against someone with Ruby, they're taking it out the next turn. Also costing two Link to move characters there, right? It's not till the next turn five where you really can move two characters over there. Um, it seems really powerful, but it's really kind of slow to act. So we'll see if it's able to, uh, if people can find a use for it. Maybe there's something that protects locations. Um, additionally with, uh, usually when you're playing Emerald right now, you're playing a discard deck. You're trying to get people to discard their hands, so maybe you're able to discard everything they've got. And this is a card that's going to be hard for them to deal with. Um, since it's not a character, most of the actions right now affect characters. So it's going to be hard for them to deal with except with other characters. Um, so it might stick on the board a little bit if you've been able to discard their hands some.
1: And this, I feel like this would only really work too if you have a deck that brings a lot of ink into your play, yeah. because again, with it costing four and then costing two to move characters here, unless you have a, a deck that like puts a ton of ink into your ink well, this is going to be hard to use well enough properly um, for it to work, in my opinion. But having said that. Like, I know it... Because, again, I don't play Emerald. If I saw this against me, I would definitely be concerned.
0: So, um, there is a fifth family member. Uh, and <laughs> has decided that she needs to, to get in on the fun. This is our dog, Zelda. She does not play Lurcana. Uh She may eat the cards. She has tried to eat the cards. She yep. did eat one Baloo oh, at one blue. point. Uh, fortunately, blue. it was just a Baloo. Um, <laughs> not something that costs money. So... <laughs> she will pop up every once in a while. And she is determined to make her appearance today, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Boys, any thoughts on this card?
2: Um, me. Um, so, this, I feel like this card would be very good for my invasive deck. Uh, because then I could put, because, the first place, because, like, all my ones and twos, none of them, um, get, give me, um, Um uh evasive. And I have the day a daisy that also isn't evasive. The and the only way that I can make them evasive is Pixie Dust by Tinkle Bell, but that's only for a ton. Now I can just put them right there and do evasive. Cool. So I say the only place I can actually find this being good is in draft.
0: Oh, that's true. This would
1: be really good in a draft,
2: because which I-
1: we'll we'll talk about drafts in another episode. But yeah.
2: I, I, Actually, this is that This would be
1: great in a draft. super close. to Hall. Me. <laughs> All
0: right, let's move on. Okay, so a character, Milo Thatch, spirited scholar. This is from Atlantis. Mm-hmm. He is a two cost inkable two two. When this character is at a location, he gets two extra attack points. Right. Quest for one lore. Um, it's a it's another two drop for Ruby. Um, I don't know if he's gonna find uh, a ton of play in the regular um, of uh, like the the popular Ruby Amethyst bounced up as the the snake and he doesn't seem as useful as Crusco. Um, but he can't kind of attack for a lot, but he still goes down to things like Grab Your Swords and Let the Storm Rage On. So he's a really easy target for those. However, there is a floodborn Milo. Um I don't think we're going over him today because it doesn't in our locations, but there is a floodborn one uh that he could be a shift target towards. So we would play that, this and then that really quick to get that one out early. Um any thoughts on his? A fairly a vanilla. Okay,
2: I have a So, um, this is in both of the decks, my dwarf deck and my, um, evasive deck, but to look at it, I think this would be better for my dwarf, dwarf deck because I don't think I would use many locations except, except for, um, the dwarf deck. Um, yeah,
0: so I would put this in my draw deck. Cool. Okay. Let's move on to the next card Agrabah. Agrabah. A ruby card that is three, cost three, and is inkable. Uh, costs one ink to move characters there, and has a willpower of five, and quests for two. So this can get you a lot of lore really, really quickly. Um, that two is a big number. Um, that could put some dents in there if you throw that down later game next to another character and they have to make a choice between going after a character and this. Um, could be making uh, People make a lot of choices, especially if they're playing against Ruby, who all their special interactions, everything that they do, is really built on things that enter the battlefield and then do an action against a character. None of those work against locations. So this could be something that... Getting that two lore could be a really big thing. I know it goes down to Maui right away, um, but that is still a lot of lore to get for fairly cheap and not having to do much.
1: And again, one of the best things I think about these locations is that they are exerted right away, so you get that lore right away. You don't have to wait till the next turn to get
0: it. But you have to—they have to survive the opponent's
1: turn. Oh, you don't get them on the first turn when you put them out. No,
0: because it's you get the it's there during that set phase. So at the beginning of your next turn, you get the lore.
1: Oh, oh, so then the one card you wouldn't get the lore on your first turn. You do still have to wait till your
2: second
0: turn. Yes, that's right true. Yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, I have something
2: to say. Okay. So uh, I would put this in my dwarf deck, uh, and also I do have a fun fact about. This.
1: Right. What's
2: your fun fact of it? So, um, the place that a lot of takes place is, is Avrilba. They were originally supposed to name it uh, off a real country, but they couldn't because of the Gulf War. So they scrambled the letter of it to, to make Avrilba. That's a really
1: cool fun fact
2: And I good. did not learn that on the playground, I learned it from my teacher. Oh, cool. Yes, I yeah, I'm allowed well. to ask what um, place they unscrambled or country? I forget. Okay. <laughs>
0: I don't think you know enough Middle Eastern cities. Yeah. From old times yeah. to make a lot of guesses there. We've got our next card. we got a song. I, got a, dream, got, I a... got a dream. I got
2: a dream. I got a dream. I got a dream thanks
0: we're familiar (laughs) um this is a song that costs two and is inkable um so you can ready chosen characters of yours at a location they can't quest for the rest of the turn but you do gain lore equal to that location lore. so this is a very possibly a very very good card because it gets you hidden lore uh when i say that it means get you instant lore that the opponent could not um see coming right They're not going to know necessarily that you've got this in your hand. You can play a... Say you play Agrabah, the card we just had, move a person there, and then have that person sing, um, I've got a dream, you get two lore right away. That's something that could... That's a turn that could win you a game, that's a turn that could give you advantage. Um, So this has the potential of, of actually being quite impactful on the game. Just from that aspect alone, of low note. you now have to account for someone having this song in their hand and getting more lore when they put a location down. Thoughts?
2: Um, I have one. Sure. So when I first found out about this call on New Year's Eve, I was playing against a very kind young girl. And we were singing that song while we were playing. <laughs> nice. I, <laughs> it's scary to me. Because <laughs> I
1: don't play a ruby. This, th- this definitely, you know, def- definitely could be impactful. And it's honestly, it's a great card because of the fact that it's inkable as well.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: any song that's inkable, um, in my opinion, is a great song to have in your deck. For sure. And it's also very low
2: cost. Mm hmm. On the two, yeah, exactly. No, any thoughts? No.
0: Okay. Next up is our first legendary. Uh, It's Jim Hawkins Space Traveler. This is from uh, Treasure Planet. Yep. It is a five cost inkable, uh, strength of four, willpower of four. Uh, quests for two, and then has two abilities like most legendaries do. First, this is it: when you play this character, you may play a location with a cost four or less for free.
2: Ooh. Then
0: take the helm. Whenever you play a location, this character may move there for free. Ooh. So there's a chance you could play that card, play this card, play a location that has four or less, and then move him there, all within the same play.
1: For uh, only five. For
0: only five. In. Uh plus he he's a decent uh body at four four uh for only costing five and, and uh plus stress for two. For two. Yeah. This is this is seems like it's gonna be a good card. If locations end up being something that's really playable. Um if they are this is definitely gonna see play. This is going to be one of the uh, cards that I'm I'm fairly certain will be will be hard to find, just with the fact that it's a legendary. It's it seems like the best card we've seen. In the ones that have been revealed so far. Uh so thoughts here.
2: Um I so mm-hmm. this so like you could play Agrabah, and then move him there. And then you could play I Have a Dream. Yeah. yeah.
0: Because Agrabah only costs three? Play I Have Got a Dream right after you move him there. Well
1: yeah, if you had extra ink, because he can't sing on his first turn.
0: Right, right.
1: But if you had the two extra ink you could do that and then you could get
2: or on that same turn while also putting him there mm-hmm. Well, you'll probably have more characters on the board by the time you have five probably
0: yeah so could be a very very good card yeah. um if uh when, when once people figure out the best way to use location once we experiment with them see how they work um
1: and the fact location that
0: you end up being unusable then
1: yeah but and the fact that you can't it's, um there's not going to be very many cards that can just take him out without taking a ton of damage back.
0: Right. Yes. Or
1: And there's no songs that would take him out either in just a single song. Because the only one that I can think of is the one Greatest Criminal mind. You have to attack for five or more for that to work. Right. And he's only four.
0: There is a song. We're going to get to that. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, it's not next. <laughs> uh, the next one is Bell's House, Maurice's Workshop. Oh, this is a sapphire card. It's cost one and is inkable. Uh, it costs two ink to move a character here, it has a willpower of six. It does mean it still goes down to Maui, but that's still up to turn five. No question with this one, but if you have a character here, you pay one less to play items. Um, it seems some of the cards that we've, we've seen so far from uh, Into the Inklands. From Sapphire, they're really playing into the item things. that are really trying to make the item deck work. Um, so far, we had there's been some a little bit of success. Uh, there was the Popsicle, Ruby, and Sapphire deck, you know, the beginning of uh, Rise of the Floodborne that was stopped for a quick second and then just kind of faded away as people figured out, okay, well, this is how you deal with it. Uh, and then uh, it's been on a upsurge, again, with Sapphire and Steel, a lot of people are playing, um, and that uses Hiram and Items and Tamatoa as well, so this could find a home in those decks. Um, especially with only costing one, it gives them a nice thing to do if they can't find a Popsicle right away. Play that, mm-hmm. move a character there, and then you're playing Popsicles for free uh, basically from there on out until it's someone gets crazy. rid of it. Yep. Thoughts?
1: Uh, again, that what you just said about playing the popsicles for free, like that could be big. Um, help you get a lot of cards in your hand quickly, which is what the purpose of the popsicle deck is. Um, while not using up a ton of ink, which is awesome. Oh wait, and especially because you only need one card, one character there, so you don't have to be spending a ton of ink putting a whole bunch of characters there because you only need
0: one. Right.
2: Can I tell you what would be great with this the card? put them there, Tamatoa. Yep, yep, absolutely. Because you can put Tamatoa there, then you can, like, pay, like, less for every item, and Tamatoa pays, gets one extra wool for every item. And also, some of the most important tools in Wakanda lasted for it. That's true. That's true,
0: Let's Look at our next location. Mata Nui. Sapphire Mata Nui Island Paradise. It costs two, and it's inkable. Uh, it costs one to move a character there, has five willpower, quests for one during the beginning of your turn, Ooh. and special ability of reincarnation. Whenever a character is banished while here, you may put that card into your inkwell face down and exert it.
1: Now that's awesome. Like, that. that's great. Like, especially because it only costs one to put there. I can see somebody just literally putting every single card they have there, like one, one or two per turn. Um, that whatever extra ink they have left over for a turn, because getting that extra ink when they get banished, like, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's the thought. So this turns everybody into a Gramatala, right? So Gramatala right now is a sapphire card that costs two is 1-1. One, one. When it banished, it becomes ink. Mm-hmm. So that's the one card you don't want to bother putting there, because it's right. already going to be that. But, like I you play this on turn five, move all your characters there on turn six, so that when someone plays... Be prepared. All of a sudden, you're going up three or four ink That's on the next awesome. turn. So there is some possibility here to manipulate this and, and really create a good ramp um, of ink uh, for you to use later on in the game.
1: Yeah, um, well, I mean, I don't play blue, but I think like that. This is this is great. Like, I know if I saw this against me, I would be trying to get rid of it as soon as I could, so that they aren't gaining all that ink and all. And actually, again. Allure every turn, which
2: is awesome. Yeah. You know? Um. So um. I, I'm trying to think of the card that can one hit KO it. That's not Malia. That you can get before Malia.
0: Um.
2: I know. I know Cinderella can,
1: but she's not the, Well, you could you could shift Cinderella. Yeah, if you got
0: shift target. If you have a
1: shift Cinderella or a shift Stitch.
0: Tinkerbell.
1: Or a shift Tink. You could, those could all take it out. I, oh. can, I know
0: my, on my deck, that's what I would use. Yeah. You, oh. you, you have to shift somebody for sure. I don't think there's anyone else that does that five on the same turn. Uh, the fox. Or shift
1: queen I mean.
0: The fox, the goat both do four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, although well, no, shift queen is four. It's four, three. Okay. So it can't take it out in one hit. And it can use its special questing ability. It could use its questing ability to give another one of her characters, your characters. Extra strength to take oh, it out. Now that, that could be so, good. so yeah. That, that is what, the what's that
1: ability called again? I forget.
0: Commanding. No, that's the name of the card's commanding presence. I don't remember the name of the ability, but I swear she she reduces someone's strength and adds strength to someone else. Right,
1: but that might not work. The reducing might not work. Reducing probably
0: does does not work on a. But, the, so,
1: adding you know, but the adding works.
0: But the adding works, so you can just use the adding and then yeah. attack it. That she wouldn't take any damage anyways because they don't take exactly. any damage from location. Exactly. So it's it's it is doable to get rid of these with the cards we have in play. It's just. Um, It'll be a little tricky. Yeah, it's, it's it's harder to do. Mm-hmm. The next card is a oh, Steel Song. And then along came Zeus. It costs four, is unhinkable, um, but you deal five damage to a chosen Ooh. character or location. That's going to my deck. So that <laughs> so that does destroy. Uh-huh. Good amount of locations yes. here, including that last one.
2: That answers my question.
1: Yeah, okay. and, and the fact that it's a four, so my Little Mermaids can sing that, and she can sing up to five. I, I mean, I don't like that it's not uninkable, but I honestly don't have a ton of non-uninkables uh, of non in my um, in my Steel Song deck, so I would feel comfortable putting some of these in there because that is. That is going to be great because that is one of the things that I do feel like um, my deck is missing. Um, Because again, other than Greatest Criminal Mind, I don't have a song that can attack with the big guns. And again, that only attacks the big, big guns that actually attack at five or higher. So I love this because it deals five damage to anyone, any location. That's
0: awesome. Love this card, putting it in my deck 100%. So, while Ariel can sing this, right, mm-hmm. what people are wondering is if um, there's a Sebastian composer, yes. composer card, right, mm-hmm. that he is a singer that costs two, two and, and sings for four. 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 Yes. So, that's what and he's in the Amber here. deck, yeah. Yeah, so this that could be a, a card that you could add as well. Sure. Nice. Thoughts on this one?
1: Neither
2: a replace deal, I know, but what do you think? Good. I think it's good. Okay. Like... That especially answers my question about the last one Okay. I don't have any big cards, so it's basically just the same thing as a, like, Fire the Cannons to me. Fire the Cannons, <laughs> Storm Dawn, yeah. yeah.
0: Strength of a Raging Fire, those songs. This might replace, um... Uh, it might... Talk about replacing a couple of your Let the Storm Rage on with a couple of these. Right. Right. To, to or, keep play, the or
1: replace Greatest Terminal Mind.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, next. We have Minnie Mouse, a She's so funky cute. spelunker. So, this is the card from the booster packs. She costs one and is inkable. Zero strength when you play her, three willpower, has the questing for one, and has a special ability, Journey. While his character is at a location, she gets plus two. So, uh if you can move her to a location on your second turn, she does have that ability and it does let you deal with some of the cards that uh the the one drops that are two and two usually you have you, you can't deal with that on your second turn you usually have to wait to like your third turn before you can actually deal with any of those cards uh or you're running multiple card characters into them, so she could deal with some of those two two ones without taking herself out uh so it she might be a good uh, one drop in the steel uh, when you have the steel color if you're not running any of the song stuff. When mm-hmm. you'd rather see Cinderella. Thoughts?
1: Um, I like that there there aren't any other that I know of. Um, steel cards that uh, are only cost one that have a strength of three. Um, so that's awesome. Um, and again if you are really playing those locations yeah, yeah works. it works really well. Um, but I could see, but, you know, I could also see this being a little bit of a liability if you don't have any locations or don't pull any until, like, you know, Malo's out. Well, no, I'm thinking, like, if you don't pull any locations until turn four, five, six, you know, but it's also inkable and also quest for one, so I guess it's really no worse than any of the one-drop cards, and it'll be harder to get rid of than, like, you know, any of the other steel one or two-drop cards. Yeah
0: yeah it would be the question is do you play this or do you play the tiana card that is currently cost one quest for one is a one three um or this would gets plus becomes a two three when it's at allocation so it's it's iffy whether or not I'll be able to replace that that would be what you would replace here with it looking at our next card is the Peter Pan card from the uh from the and from the uh the uh gift pack and everything um Peter Pan, Lost Void Leader, costs four, it's inkable, has a strength of three, willpower of three, quest for one, has a special ability, I came to listen to the stories. Once per turn, when this character moves to a location, gain lore equal to that location's lore. Oh, oh. So, this is another card that can get you sneaky lore. The opponent cannot see it coming because you can move characters the turn they are played you don't have to wait for them to drive they can be moved there the turn they are played so you can play this move it to a location gain two lore without the opponent being able to do anything to stop you
1: now here's my question so well, oh I guess it says once per turn, but then so the following turn you can move it back and forth between different locations too yeah. so like if your opponent like got rid of the location he was at you Move them to another location and then gain
0: extra lore that next turn. Yeah, uh, one drop location, you just move them there, so that's two ink to gain.
1: Yeah.
0: Another
2: lore. Like it would be good if you have two agribas out. Sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Another
0: agribus, move them there. Two lore.
2: Or if you have two agribus and two of those, like.
0: Sure. If mm-hmm. uh,
2: yeah yeah, so I, I mean I could definitely see
1: now. I guess another question that I thought of for the locations is. Um, can you put it, can you put as many locations in your deck as you want, or is there going to be a maximum, like you can only have so many location cards?
0: No, so just like any other cards, you just have four of any, any one, one type. type, one card. Yeah.
1: So you could potentially have half of your deck is well, not half, because I guess there's is there only one location per color, or two, there's or three locations per color. Oh, so you could technically make like half of your deck locations.
0: Sure. Yep.
1: Yeah. That, that, that'll be interesting. We'll see if people try to do that. Yep. Yeah.
0: Looking at our next card is Voyage. It's an action. It costs one and it's inkable. It's in Ruby. And you move up to two characters of yours to the same location for free. Ooh, imagine using that
1: with that last one. Mm-hmm. Wow. You
0: play two Peter Pans and then play this, move into the location, Ooh. boom, say it's everybody, you get four lore.
1: For for one! Yeah. That's that's a that's and it's inkable. That's a great card. If you're if you I could really see people like really using these locations and these actions and items and songs. I could see them working.
0: Yep. On to the next. Next we have a steel item. It's the map of treasure planet. It's cost three and it's inkable. It has two abilities. First it's key to the portal. You tap it and you pay one less for the next location you pay this turn. And then show the way. You pay one less ink To move your characters to location, you don't have to tap this. It that just stays in play,
1: and that's not only once per turn. That's as many times as you want. Oh, I love that.
0: So this could make locations very playable for steel.
1: Yeah, and and you know that like that's awesome. Like I I I don't often play a ton of items, but I do love the ones that I play. Um, I play Sleepy's flute a lot because Mm -hmm. I have a steel song and it's great. Um, I have played the Lantern before, and I really thought Malcolm doesn't like Sleepy Sleuth.
0: I don't like Sleepy
1: Sleuths <laughs> A lot of people don't like when I play it against them.
2: Because um, it's like, because it never appears in the movie. Okay.
1: Um, and so, I, I could see this being a, a great item to have. Like, being able to use both of those abilities in a turn, the second ability, as many times as you want. Um, Especially if you have like, so many of the locations only cost one to move them there. This basically makes all of those locations free, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Love it.
2: Um, I don't have any deal, Malcolm. Thoughts or questions? No, it just seems really good. Yeah.
0: All right, next, a sapphire card vault door. It's an item that is Scrooge McDuck staring at his vault. It costs four and is inkable, has a special ability sealed away. Your locations and characters at locations gain resist plus one. So it gives locations resist, it gives characters there resist. It's almost like a, um, a version of Cogsworth, the grandfather clock, that gives all your characters resist plus one. But instead it's focused on, focused on locations. In my mind this is a little bit expensive. I'd rather just yeah. wait a turn and play um Codsworth.
1: because uh-huh. um, Codsworth's blue, right? Right.
0: Um unless you're making some kind of uh item deck where this ends up not costing a lot. Um sure. I think this is just a little bit too expensive to play.
1: I agree. Unless you have a unless you are have a ton of locations out. Sure. Because Codsworth only works on players, yes. or on, on characters, but this also works on locations. Yeah. So... And again, this stays, this stays out all the time. That's the nice thing about it being an item, is that it will then be like that for the rest of the game, unless your opponent has a card to get rid of an item.
0: Yeah, it's, so, it's very. I'm very curious to see if there is going to be a song or something that wipes out like on, on the yeah. other side of the war, because right now it's just one shots from like Benja, from yeah. the hard-headed beast from yeah. Break. Um, very few ways to get rid of items. Um, there's been a lot of details in this set. I'm wondering if we're going to get a song called Life is Like a Hurricane. Oh, boy. Yeah, that wipes Last out. Like
2: hurricane. Hurricane. If, if that happens,
0: I'm going to be so happy because I called it right here. <laughs> um, and I think thematically that works with hurricanes. Wipe out all your stuff, yeah, right? So.
1: Absolutely. Or even if it wipes out all the locations to kind of like sure, a yeah. be prepared. Yeah. Like oh, all yeah. with yeah. locations. Yeah.
2: That, that would be cool. Be prepared 2.0. Yeah.
0: So we'll get our next card. It's Tiana's Ooh. Place, a jazz restaurant. It costs Canada. Yeah? I'm jazz, jazz palace. palace. You're right. Thank you very much. Jazz <laughs> restaurant. It costs three. Is uninkable. Okay. Costs two to move your characters here. Eight willpower and special quest for one special ability. Night out characters can't be challenged. Wow. Wow.
2: That, <laughs> that hurts. It's going in my deck.
1: That no, that going tricky, in my deck. That card's going in my. I know it's un-inkable. it's uninkable. but man, look for eights and for. <laughs>
0: there are very few cards that can hit for eight, especially none that can just come right out and do it. Um,
1: wow!
0: Right, that one song we saw won't do it.
1: See, um, I I would I could see like, like like especially like when you're it when you're up. At like you know, six, seven ink. If I can have this out, if I have this out at six, six ink and seven ink, I can put my Cinderella on here, so that way she can't be challenged or my big tank or my mm-hmm. you know any of my shifting stuff. I thought that's uh, that's interesting.
2: I thought putting Peter Pan here, but then I realized I wouldn't be a good idea. I only have one flash. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, English
0: you have We can see. <laughs> Look at our next place. Alright, so this is a German... Um, <laughs> I was gonna um, say. We haven't seen the actual English version of it is. Um, the translation there is Olympus is that way. Olympus um, is that way. Those are the titans from, from Hercules. They're going to attack... Uh,
1: see Hades hand pointing Mount Olympus,
0: and you see Hades' hand pointing the other way. So, uh, uh, Mount Olympus is that way. Uh, this action gives characters that are attacking locations plus three strength.
2: Ooh. So,
0: this is a way to deal with those higher level locations. So, if you use nice. this on one of those on a character that can attack for five, suddenly they can destroy Tiana's palace.
2: Olympus is it that way.
0: Um, it looks like we're getting a lot of these Titan cards. There are some of the ones I don't have them this week because they didn't have anything to do with locations, but they are releasing cards for these Titans as well. So we're getting a lot of Hercules love this time around. Who doesn't like Hercules? Speaking of which, the next card Ooh. is Rise of the Titans in Action Force Steel. Oh. Cost three is inkable. Banished. Chosen location or item.
1: Wow, that's a big one. And it's inkable?
0: So far, most of the removal for locations, the special stuff, have all been Steel, so it looks like right now, the way it's shaping up, Ruby is focused on actually using locations, and Steel is focusing on destroying those locations. With the
2: Titans.
0: (laughs) So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a a Ruby-Steel... Uh, combination that people are trying to play, so that they can oh. use locations and destroy them when the other players try to Probably, use them. Yeah. There has been a Ruby Steel uh, deck that's been gaining a little bit of popularity using the Weight Set. Uh, weight Set is a card right now that if you play a character that has over three strength, you get to draw a card. So it's um, it's someone's trying to are basically trying to set up a card draw engine so that every time you play a character, you're basically drawing a card. Um, so. This could pair well in that to also deal with locations, create a kind of control deck there.
2: Yeah. Oh my
0: God. Our next location is the Sorcerer's Tower Wondrous Workspace. It costs three and is Inquable. Cost two to move there. It has a willpower of seven. Special abilities. Your character's named Magic Brew may move here for free. While they're there, characters get plus one lore while they're there. So right now, there have been two magic brooms, one steel, one amethyst. Um, so this right away pairs with the regular broom. So now you're getting two lore for that broom instead of just one. And you can move it there for free. Uh, if you pay that with Sorcerer Mickey, you can bring those brooms back when they get banished to your hand and just keep playing them there for free and moving them there for free and then cresting getting more lore. There is a possibility of an engine here. Uh, we've got the broom with each of the last two steps. Yep. We got the, the, the broom for Amethyst last time. We got the blue broom for Steel um, in Rise of the Floodborne. I'm curious if we're going to get another broom here. Every
2: new broom in every single pack. That'd be
0: cool if there was. Mm-hmm. Um, so this could have potential to create broom decks and, and make them uh, something very useful. Any quick thoughts on here?
2: Nana nana na na-na, na-na-na-na, na-na, 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 na-na. na-na, na-na. Nice.
0: Very nice, very nice. As
2: you can see, okay,
0: that gets us through all of the um, all the cards that I want to go through today. Those are all the cards they've released so far that interact with locations. Right, there have been a lot of other cards released for cleaning plans. We'll be going over those more every single week, uh, up into the release. Um, I'll start picking out ones that I think will actually have an impact. I won't be going over the more vanilla cards, one of the adjustments. They come out for one, and they go two-two, and they quest for one. Like, who cares? Uh, I'll bring out the ones that have special abilities. There have been some really interesting stuff coming out. Lots of stuff with DuckTales. Uh, lots of stuff with Treasure Planet and Atlantis. Two of the movies that are in our blind spot, but you haven't seen them. Um, we're going to have to rectify that very soon. Uh, you guys up for that?
2: Yeah, maybe tomorrow we should watch one. No, yeah, I, I found it. We're not, in a podcast, man! No, you also have to
0: play video games. hot <laughs> 2. Um, we're watching
2: part. Planet Part 2. <laughs> you ready
0: to now? We'll be looking at more cards in future episodes as we get ready for Into the Inklands, the expansion coming out soon. Um, our next segment I call Reach Into the Inkwell, where we ask, where we get questions. This is our first episode, so obviously no one sent us any questions yet. If you had. Uh, Sorry, I missed it. I don't know how you read the picture. Uh, I don't know how you got the email address, which is uh, questlorequestions at gmail.com. You can find uh, the link in, in your podcast descriptions or in YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but uh, since we don't have any audience questions, kids, did you have any questions that you had for us?
2: Um, I do have two ideas for the next episode. Oh, just
1: questions about the cards of the game for right now.
2: Uh, no, I just want to say a couple things. Thank you everyone for watching, not it, honey. we'll see you in the next break. <laughs> <laughs> All I want to say, Oswald the lucky and for O'Connor. <laughs> All
0: right, and we will end this episode, as we will end every episode, by testing your Disney knowledge with Disney trivia. Question 1. Who is the name of the sleek, new, next-gen racer who defeats Lightning McQueen at the beginning of Cars 3?
2: Oh, what's the name of... Lightning (laughs) McQueen! Good guess! But, no! I I don't even know if I've seen this whole
0: movie.
2: I'm going to go go get my book. No.
0: No books. It's Jackson Storm.
2: Jackson Storm. right, question 2.
0: No. Which French word does Miss Piggy use when referring oh. to herself? I
1: know. Yeah, I know. Miss Picky? You, you can start on it, you know? It's my No, not the word is it. Moi. Moi. That is moi. Moi. Which is French for me.
0: Next question. In Mickey Mouse Glovehouse, what does the Mickey glove shaped part of the house turn into? Oh, I know.
2: It's hot. <laughs>
0: That's right! There you go. Peter Pan receives a present with a card that reads To Peter with Love from Wendy. What is the gift and who is it actually from? Oh, I don't know.
2: Captain Hook and the, Captain Hook and it's a bomb. Very good. Good. good
0: work. Uh this is uh probably one only for mom, as we have not suggested our children. To the full Pirates of the Caribbean series, uh, in the film Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. So we're talking the fourth one,
1: which I've probably seen once.
0: Who is Karina Smith's father?
1: <laughs> I would guess that it's Davy Jones. No, is it Jack? It can't. Is it Jack
2: Sparrow? No, it
1: can't be Jack Sparrow.
2: He'd be too. He's too young. No, no, no. Is it? No, 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 no. Is it
1: Barbosa? You're right!
2: Oh, I was
0: going to say, is it Mr. (laughs) Smee? Mr. Smee is not in. Pirates of
2: the Caribbean. Peter Pan. That's Peter Pan, (laughs)
0: honey. These are questions from the Disney trivia board game that we have. We have tons of board games, and that is just one of them. I'll be picking a question from there each week to test your trivia knowledge. If you have any trivia questions you would like to ask the gang, Please feel free to send them in. That email address again is questlorequestions, all one word, at gmail.com. This has been our first episode. I want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching if you're on YouTube. Uh, Please take a second to subscribe to us on YouTube, to like, comment uh, uh, wherever you found the podcast at. Uh, Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Uh, Feel free to get in touch with us. Let us know what's working, what's not working, what you would like to see. Uh, We want to take our leave from you guys about what you want from this podcast. Our goal is to basically present, from our family's perspective, what it's like to play Lorcana. In the coming weeks, we'll be discussing more about NCAA plans. We'll talk some about drafting, I think is something we really wanted to cover and talk about with the kids. Um, We want to talk about how we've been playing. We play every Sunday, so every week we want to go over, hey, how did our games go? What's something that we learned? What's something that we can do better next time? Guys, any other final words?
2: Um, I do. Um, so, um, maybe, um, we may have some packs to open in the next episode. Maybe. When the inklands. comes
0: out. I think when into the inklands comes out, we'll, uh, we'll have Mom bring her, her overhead camera, uh, in and we'll, we'll open up cards like that for some of them.
1: And if you have any questions about us too as a family... Um, feel free to ask, um, you know, if you want to know what our favorite board games are or anything like that. Or if you want to let us know, um, feel free. So
2: thank you very much for watching our first episode. And we'll see you next time. Right, the lucky rabbit for Locana. <laughs>